0: Hello and welcome to Daily Prayer today for July 19th,
1: 2021. Glad that you are with me today. Apologize, this is super late. i catching up after my trip, but let's go ahead and get started.
0: O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. The Lord be with you, and also with you.
1: Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Redeeming God, we give you thanks that through the gift of our baptism, you have clothed us in your grace and made us heirs of your promise. By the power of your Holy Spirit, set us free from all that we fear and let us live according to our faith. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Today's reading, I'm going to forego doing the Psalms and go ahead and do the reading from 1 Samuel from yesterday as well as today. So, 1 Samuel 23, 7 through 18. Now, it was told Saul that David had come to Kailah, and Saul said, God has given him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. Saul summoned all the people to war to go down to Kailah to besiege David and his men. When David learned that Saul was plotting evil against him, he said to the priest Abiathar, Bring the ephod here. David said, O Lord, the God of Israel, your servant, has heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah to destroy the city in my account. And now will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord, the God of Israel, I beseech you, tell your servant. The Lord said, You will come down. Then David said, Will the men of Keilah surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? The Lord said, They will surrender you. Then David and his men, who were about six hundred, set out and left Keilah. They wandered wherever they could go. When Saul was told that David had escaped from Keilah, he gave up the expedition. David remained in the stronghold in the wilderness, in the hill country of the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but the Lord did not give him into his hand. David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horesh when he learned that Saul had come out to seek his life. Saul's son Jonathan set out and came to David at Horesh. There he strengthened his hand through the Lord. He said to him, Do not be afraid, for the hand of my father Saul shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel. I shall be second to you. My father Saul also knows that this is so. Then the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. David remained at Horesh. And Jonathan went home. Now, from 1 Samuel 24, 1 through 22, when Saul returned from following the Philistines, he was told David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Then Saul took three thousand chosen men out of all Israel and went to look for David and his men in the direction of the rocks of the wild goats. He came to the sheepfold beside the road, where there was a cave, and Saul went in to relieve himself. Now David and his men were sitting in the innermost parts of the cave. The men of David said to him, Here is the day of which the Lord said to you, I will give your enemy into your hand, and you shall do to him as it seems good to you. Then David went and stealthily cut off a corner of Saul's cloak. Afterward, David was stricken to the heart because he had cut off a corner of Saul's cloak. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord the Lord's anointed, to raise my hand against him, for he is the Lord's anointed. So David scolded his men severely and did not permit them to attack Saul. And then Saul got up and left the cave and went on his way. Afterwards, David also rose up and went out of the cave and called after Saul, My lord, the king. When Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the ground and did obeisance. David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of those who say David seeks to do you harm? This very day your eyes have seen how the Lord gave you into my hand in the cave, and some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not raise my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, see the corner of your cloak in my hand, for by the fact that I cut off the corner of your cloak and did not kill you, you may know for certain that there is no wrong or treason in my hands. I have not sinned against you, though you are hunting me to take my life. May the Lord judge between me and you. May the Lord avenge me on you, but my hand shall not be against you. As the ancient proverb says, out of the wicked comes forth wickedness, but my hand shall not be against you. Against whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom do you pursue? A dead dog? a single flea? May the Lord therefore be judge and give sentence between me and you. May God see to it and plead my cause and vindicate me against you. When David had finished speaking these words to Saul, Saul said, Is that your voice, my son David? Saul lifted up his voice and wept. He said to David, You are more righteous than I, for I have repaid, you have repaid me good, whereas I have repaid you evil. Today you have explained how you have dealt well with me, in that you did not kill me when the Lord put me into your hands. For who has ever found an enemy and sent an enemy safely away? So may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. Now I know that you shall surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Swear to me therefore by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants after me, and that you will not wipe out my name from my father's house. So David swore this to Saul. Then Saul went home, but David and his men went up to the
0: stronghold. From Isaiah chapter, or that's Acts, chapter 13, verses 44 through 52.
1: The next day, almost the whole set city gathered to hear the words of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and blaspheming. They contradicted what was spoken by Paul. Then both Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken first to you. Since you reject it and judge yourselves to be unworthy of eternal life, we are now turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have set you to be a light for the Gentiles, so that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and praised the word of the Lord, and as many as had been destined for eternal life became believers. Thus the word of the Lord spread throughout the region. For the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city and stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their region. So they shook the dust off their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Gospel reading is from Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. Again, Jesus began to teach beside the sea. Such a very large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat on the sea and sat there. While the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, he began to teach them many things in parables. And in his teaching he said to them, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. And he said, Let anyone with ears to hear listen. When he was alone, those who were around him, along with the twelve, asked him about the parables, and he said to them, To you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything comes in parables, in order that they may indeed look but not perceive, and may indeed listen but not understand, so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? Then, how will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy, but they have no root and endure only for a while. Then, when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are those who sow. Those sown among the thorns, these are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, and it yields nothing. And these are the ones sown on the good soil.
0: They hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: So, we have the continued conversation, the continued saga of Saul and David. Saul continues to pursue David, uh, goes and tries to lay siege to a city that David is staying in. David uh, looks to God, uh, uh, appeals to God um, to see, you know, is Saul going to come and attack me? Um, And then after that, you know, are the men of this city? Are they just going to turn me over? And God says, "Yes, Saul's going to attack, and yes, they are going to turn you over." So David says, "I will leave." He leaves from there, and Saul gives up. David goes off into the wilderness to hide, and and he's probably back in the in the caves of Adullam in the wilderness. Or no, he's in in Gedi, and Saul continues to pursue him, continuing to chase after him with this huge army. Well, we have this story where Saul uh, goes into a cave to relieve himself, um, so he's in a very vulnerable position, and David actually sneaks up and gets so close as to take a corner of his cloak, but does not kill him in fact he is he has this immense guilt because he would dare even think about killing god's anointed um his men are saying, you know, this this is it. This is what God was saying when he would turn your enemies over to your hand. David comes out after uh, Saul has, has left the cave and says, you know, Saul, look, I have this corner of your cloak. Why are you trying to kill me? I'm not trying to kill you. In fact, I could have killed you, but I didn't because I don't see you as an enemy. I see you as God's anointed one. Why are you pursuing me? Why are you spending all this time and effort and money and trying to kill me when I'm not doing the same to you? I am not your enemy. And Saul repents. Saul says, Yes, I am so sorry. In fact, he um, promises, he sees you truly are going to be the king of Israel. All I ask is that, that you don't completely wipe out all of my family. Because, again, that would be a common thing to do. So he has, uh, Saul has sort of apologized to David, but David still doesn't trust him. Saul goes back to uh, Gibeah, and David kind of still hangs out. He's, he's cautious about it, and we'll see um, that he is correct in that. We also have another encounter between David and Jonathan. Um, again, they make covenant with one another, um, and... Jonathan, we get a little bit of a glimpse of what Jonathan is seeing in this. He says, you know, I want to be your second in command. Um, I see that you are going to be the king. I'm not going to be the king. That's not something that I need to do, but I can be sort of a trusted advisor of the king and support you. Then we have in Acts, the end of this sermon that Saul gives and uh, again, not a great reception from the Jewish people. Um, they come against him. They say all of these things. They're, they're um, recount, or not recounting, but they're speaking against all the things that he's saying about Jesus as the Messiah. So he says, okay, I'm going to spend my efforts now on the Gentile people. I personally can't do this, right? There are others who are doing this. There are others, you know, that's implied here. That, that Peter and James, they're, they're working with the Jewish people. Paul, however, is not going to be doing that. He is going to go and focus on the Gentiles because that's where he can really do his work. So he's going to do that. Then we have from Mark, Jesus speaks to all of these, this crowd and these disciples and tells this famous parable. This is the first in Mark's and one of the few parables in Mark's, um, this parable of good and bad soils. Um, that there are various kinds that of soils that seed are spread upon, and some are like just a a road or a, a impacted dirt. There's no way that the the soil or the seed can get inside, and so it's just taken up by the birds. There are some places where there is very shallow soil, some rocky soil, and so the seeds will spring up, sure, but then. Anytime there's a challenge, anytime there's a little bit of sun or drought or whatever, they're just going to die. There are some that are among thorns and there's just too many competing factors there. And there are some that go into good soil and they grow and they they make this sort of like there's this multiplication of all that they can do. It's a really interesting thing. There's There seems to be this idea here that there are some people who are certain soils, and so Jesus is telling these parables in order to sort of cast these seeds, and if they fall in good soil, great. If they don't, well, you know, it wasn't good soil. So it seems like this sort of almost deterministic thing. But then his followers and the twelve, you notice there's two different kind of groups there, they come to him and they say, well, what does this mean? And he tells them. He works in them. He, he talks to them about what this is. And to me, that says he is making them into good soil. Um, he is working and doing that work to, to make them receptive to this gospel. And so this parable takes on not quite as deterministic of a view. It does take on this view that, you know, there are certain times when we may be more hard than other times but that God can also work in us and we can work with one another to help sort of create this environment in which they, um, they will actually listen. Going back to the story of Acts, Paul has now said, you know what, the Jewish people at this point are too hard. They're too hard of heart for the seed to grow, but I'm going to go play this place where the, the soil is better in the book of Romans he suggests that his very going to the gentiles is a in in part at least an effort to make the jewish people jealous he says but more receptive to the gospel and so even his turning away from this sort of bad soil is to make that soil better to to work in it and 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 work uh, sort of break through that that hard exterior of his own people so that they too might have the gospel. So those are our readings for today. Let's go ahead and join together in prayer. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. Merciful God, we praise you that you give strength for
0: every weakness, forgiveness for our failures, and new beginnings in Jesus Christ. Especially we thank you for your great love for the whole world. The plants and animals that provide our food. Those who support us in times of suffering. Accomplishments that are pleasing to you. Expressions of love unexpected or undeserved. People of God, for what else do we give thanks?
1: Give thanks for a great week at the Montreat Youth Conference for all of the youth and adults um, that have now gone home and are recovering and resting and mulling over and thinking through all of the things that they have learned, all the ways that their faith has grown, Pray that they would continue to grow in that faith. I also, on a personal note, uh, thank God that we will be signing papers for our first house,
0: so we're really excited about that. Almighty God, you know all needs before we
1: speak our prayers, yet you welcome our concerns for others in Jesus
0: Christ. Especially we pray for Baptists, Disciples of Christ, Pentecostal, and Free Churches. Victims of tragedy and disaster. Those who are captive or in prison. Those who weep with the grieving. Reconciliation with our enemies. People of God, for what else do we pray? We pray for
1: Kathy, a friend of Jan Ann's, who has a broken tibia and continues to need nursing care. For Margaret, who is on IV antibiotics for an infection in her jawbone. For Robin, a friend of the Garland's and the Wise's, who is recovering from a serious stroke. For Brad, a friend of the Wise's, who is recovering from brain surgery. Also prayers for his wife, Ashley, and son, Anthony. For Sophia, who is um, applying and interviewing for jobs and just Prayers for God's guidance.
0: She goes through that process. We continue to pray for Mike, a friend of Cheryl's. For Fran, a friend of Amy's. For Renna, a friend of Amy's who has breast cancer. And her two young children. And for Debbie, who is continuing to recover from hip replacement surgery.
1: Protect your people, O God, and keep us safe until the coming of your new dawn and the establishment of your righteous rule. By your Holy Spirit, stir up within us a longing for the light of your new day and guide us by the radiance of Jesus Christ, our Son, our risen Lord. Amen. Now let's continue to pray using the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into
0: temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
1: Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ
0: Jesus. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Thank you so much for joining me
1: today for daily prayer. Join me tomorrow for some more. Like this video, share it with someone else, click on the subscription and the notification button, as well as going to our website, johncalvinchurch.org, for more information. Our liturgy today came from the Book of Common Worship of the Presbyterian Church USA, 2018 edition. Our readings came from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible.
0: And that is it. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a blessed day. Bye.